going on folks it's your boy dr sean thomas here again for episode nine of the be more today show we are still here folks grinding 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 and the show's been awesome we thank you guys for your support it's been such uh an amazing experience having you guys listen to our shows every week and we've gotten a lot of good feedback so we really appreciate all the love and support and showing signs that everyone's trying to be a little more today my my co-host is here as always the vp of be more today terrence farrell what's up terrence what's going on people what's going on it's another day man how you feeling how's the family family's good family's good everything is good um this week was uh i feel overwhelmed uh just a lot going on but not negatively it's just always moving always moving but good things are happening yeah no i hear that i hear that completely I hear that completely. As always, folks, we have our show starting with a quotation. And I don't know if you've been watching The Last Dance. Uh, All my MJ fans, my basketball fans, we don't have sports right now, but The Last Dance documentary has been incredible. And I just want to share a quotation that Michael Jordan actually shared. And he said, to be successful, you have to be selfish or else you will never achieve. And once you get to the highest level, then you have to be unselfish, stay reachable, Stay in touch. Don't isolate. Uh, if you've been watching the documentary at all, it just kind of goes through the history of MJ's legacy uh, from college at UNC to his 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 stint in the NBA and winning championships and leaving the NBA and coming back to the NBA. And when everybody talks about who the GOAT is or who the best player, you know, it's, it's really about errors. But in all honesty, this guy was so dominant. And, and, and the series kind of shows and reminds people about his dominance but it also shows that, you know, looking at his 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 talent and his skill set to get to that high level and to he didn't really win a lot of games when he was just like the man. Like he was scoring all these um, high scores for all these games and he was like doing the best and taking down teams. But when it came to playoffs and championships, he wasn't winning. It wasn't really until he started to share his his skill set with others, when he started to mentor others around him, when he started to to reach out and try to connect with other players on his team, to pass the ball more, to trust his teammates. That's when he actually started winning championships. And, and I remember, because I, I remember watching this at the time, clearly as a as a 10-year-old kid watching MJ. And I even wrote a book, or chat to my book about this, uh, about MJ and my love for him and his and his drive and how my drive, I wanted it to be just like his. But looking back at the documentary, you're recognizing that, yeah, it's really about that giving back. We don't really succeed until we start to really give back to others. And you can be the best player in the world. You can score a thousand points. You can be untouchable. But until you really start trusting your teammates, until you really start sharing your skill set and making people around you better, you're not going to succeed. And that's the same premise we have for in life. You really have to share what you're given with others. And then the people around you become, to, you know, they can be better. And then we as a people become better and the world's a better place. So Terrence, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I, 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 unfortunately, I haven't had a chance to, to watch it yet. I've taped it. Um, I was a, I was an MJ hater. I gotta admit. What? I, I respected his game, but the Knicks, man, he just, he crushed the Knicks. I was done, but I respect MJ and I had more respect once I understood his mindset. Yeah. And even <laughs> when he, he went against, oh, who was it that, where he lost in the, in the, the playoffs and he went to the gym and he got stronger 
Yeah, um, ba- bad boy Pistons. Yeah, and so the mindset was was something that he was not going to stop until he succeeded. And then you're absolutely right. He found out how to share and use his teammates. And again, I haven't watched it, so I don't have the insight that you have. I just I just have the fan, the hater, you know, <laughs> love hate relationship there as it was happening in real time. But yeah. um he he was an incredible he was an incredible role model. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I mean you remember it, you don't have to watch documentary per se, but you just you know, you really saw him start to win when he started to share his talent with his teammates. Yeah. And trusting his teammates. And it's the same premise we want to kind of put up people today just you know share your talents share your skills bring people up with you you know once you've made it or think you've made it or even if you're on a track where you're you're doing well you know make sure that people around you are doing well as well and just kind of share share the wealth you know knowledge is power of course but some of us are blessed to have these resources at an early age some of us don't get into it you know we're later in life but if you have something that you can share with the world you know definitely share it in this age of social media this is definitely the time. So whatever your skill set or your will set is, put it out there, share it with people. And I guarantee you, you share it with somebody, they'll share it with somebody else. And it becomes a, a trickle effect that can make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. Our guest for today, uh, I think embodies that same sentiment. Uh, she is someone who I think has made it in her field and has shared her, her skill set and her will set for others uh, with the world. Her name is Lauren Linder, and she's the Deputy General Counsel at Parallel, formerly known as Sutara Wellness. Previously, Lauren was Vice President and Associate General Counsel for the Weather Channel Television Network, where she advised all aspects of the business on a range of transactional, compliance, regulatory, and litigation matters. Prior to that, Lauren represented True TV and Turner Studios as Counsel at Turner Broadcasting. Lauren started her career as an associate in the trademark and copyright practice at Kilpatrick Townsend. An Atlanta native, Lauren graduated from Pace Academy. She received her bachelor's degree from Brown University, Bruno, you know, (laughs) and her Juris Doctor from Duke University. As a former educator, athlete, and dancer, Lauren's volunteerism reflects her passion for education and the arts. Lauren recently completed a term on the advisory board for the Alliance Theater. Lauren also recently served as a volunteer debate coach for Kip Ways Academy. Her educational volunteer efforts in Atlanta also include extensive work with the Atlanta Urban Debate League, as she has also participated in the Freedom Writers Program at Booker T. Washington High School and Everybody Wins at Hope Hill Elementary. Lauren also served on the board of Central CSI, the nonprofit arm of her childhood church in Vine City. She has also participated as a student, teacher, coach, and administrator in urban debate leagues around the country, including Atlanta, Baltimore, New York, and Providence. Lauren has been an active participant with LEAD Atlanta as an alumni volunteer since she was a participant in the 2015 class. She has also held several leadership roles with the Atlanta Black Jewish Coalition, subsequent to being a member of the 2013 Project Understanding class. Lauren lives on the west end of Atlanta with her husband, Jonathan, their two-year-old twins, and their dog, Shiva. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, VP Terrence Farrell, welcome with me, my friend, my sister, and Brown alumni, Lauren Linder. Jeanne? Lauren, you and I go way back. Uh, And I wanted to thank you for coming on to the show. Um, It's really a pleasure to have you. I know there's so much stuff going on. Uh, you and I, just quick story, you and I actually met at Brown 
we danced together in Fusion Dance Company. Uh, I never had a sister. You know, I have all four brothers, but you uh, became a sister to me during our, our stand-up rounds together. And, uh, you know, we had a guest on the show earlier this season and talking about track and dance. And uh, you became that same person for me. You know, we went to track practice together. We go to dance practice right after that together. And we were kind of tied to the hip for a lot of our time together. So we kind of grew up together which was an amazing experience. And it's been a blessing to see you grow and prosper uh, since our time at Brown. And we're just really happy to have you on the show. Well, I'm happy to be here. It's, uh, it's funny, it's been 20 years, John. It's, uh, it's been a hot minute. Yeah, it's, a hot, it's a hot, hot minute. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but thank you so much again for joining us. And you know, we, we check in with everyone to see what's going on with them, especially now that we're in these interesting times. So uh, what's your current situation and, and where are you now with, with COVID-19? What's going on with you? I will give you a visual picture of it because I think that helps. I am locked, literally locked in my home office because uh, if I have to lock the door so that my uh, twins don't come in and my husband is uh, feeding them a little bit of lunch, we went for a nice walk around the neighborhood. I feel like that is a beautiful thing that COVID has done for us. It's really made us appreciate um, walking. <laughs> and outside and and nice weather um we are we're in atlanta georgia and we are so blessed to have just a beautiful spring i mean it is gorgeous here so um that's where we we are in this exact moment and that's kind of how we are how we've been this whole time it's just trying to um get outside uh take deep breaths not freak out um you know, we've got some family members who are sick or have been sick from it, um, and friends. Uh, you know, it's um, well, I don't even, yeah. <laughs> but you're, you're you're surviving. You're making the best of it. We're we're surviving for sure. We are very blessed um, and and thankful for the the home that we have. Yeah. No. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. So on this show, we really want to just kind of look look at you and see what you've been doing. And, you know, I, I know you're an attorney. I feel like when I met you, you were, you were destined for that. You were driven for that. When did you realize you wanted to take that that road to being an attorney? Yeah, my story is terrible. Um, it's like not, it's not, you know, a, I wanted to be an attorney since I was a child and I always knew it. So it's, it's nice to hear that you saw that in me because I don't think I saw it in myself. Um, really, when it came close to time to graduate from from Brown, um, I knew I had to go to graduate school, and law school is quite honestly the easiest one, right? You know, you didn't have to have a thesis or, or a specialty, you know, to go into a master's program. I was not good at math, so getting an MBA was not an option, um, and it, it, it was kind of a default position, and it's funny because my brother at that point, who had been through law school, told me not to do it. He's like, it doesn't fit your personality. You won't like it. Um, it's a lot less fun than you think. Um, and so maybe it's a little bit the contrarian in me that said, okay, sure, yeah, I should do it then. I take that as a challenge. Um, so I really fell into it for not any good reasons. It was just, it was the advanced degree program that was the easiest to do. Um, and I will be honest, it took a while for me to find the thing that does fit my personality and does work for me. And I feel like it's taken, gosh, what is it, 2020, it's taken me uh 13 years i think to really find um a space that really works for me mm. 13 years to figure out what you really want to do and <laughs> you really want to fit in i mean listen I, I think a lot of people look at it as 
you know, I was, I was the same way. I didn't know what I wanted to do at first. I know I wanted to be a doctor, but I, that means so many things now. There are a thousand different doctors and different doctor degrees, but, you know, I think a lot of people grow up thinking, oh yeah, I want to be this, I want to be that. And you think about it when you're 13 years old, 14 years old, and you don't really know. Some people know, some people know off the bat and they go for it, but a lot of people don't know. And it's really about figuring out what you don't like. Like you said, math is not your thing. Um, but figuring out what you don't like first and then figuring out, okay, well, it's definitely not going to be that. Um, it will be these other things that you try. So um, it's beautiful that you, that you found it. What's the school path, though, for, for being an attorney? Just give people a little background of what that looks like. Yeah, for sure. Um, so an undergraduate degree, um, and it's, it's nice to do as well as you can. Um, when you're applying to schools, it's good to have both strong grades and strong um, LSAT, which is the standardized test that you use. Um, from there, uh, the JD program, Juris Doctor, is three years long. Um, and I always counsel people to go to the best school that you can, go to the best school that you can afford. Um, because it, it does end up mattering um, the caliber of school that you go to. Um, unless you are looking to do something very specific. So some people say, know they want to work for a certain nonprofit and you know one school really has a program that's going to set you up for that but generally um it's, it's not like a trade school where they really teach you how to be a lawyer quite honestly it really is teaching you how to think and really about the resources and the connections that you have so it's less important who has like if you want to be able to do intellectual property which i did it doesn't really matter um whether you're going to georgetown or usc or michigan or Florida or Emory. I mean, none of that really matters so much for an IT lawyer. It matters is where do you want to work? Where are you going to get the best connections? The classes will all kind of give you the same amount of education. And you really learn how to practice law once you start practicing law. Mm. If that makes sense. You know, it's not like being a doctor where you go in and you have some sort of real hands-on education. So that's why I would say go to the best school that you can afford. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, three-year, so four-year undergraduate degree, three-year law school, and then from there, that's when you really learn how to be a lawyer. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now you've worked for a number of companies that I think I'm not an attorney, but just looking at the names of these places, I think other lawyers would probably die to work for the weather channel, true TV, Turner studios. What'd you do exactly at these, at these companies? Yeah. Um, so I started off, I'll, I'll start from the beginning and then move forward. So at Kilpatrick, I was, uh, I worked at intellectual property, so it's trademarks, copyrights, um, you know, I, my, my favorite example is you know, think of coming to America, you know, they've got McDowell's or McDonald's, you know, like it really was quite fun because you're doing things like that all the time, you know, dealing with people who are making parodies or ripoffs, um, which was a good entry into the entertainment space. Um, and I was really fortunate to get to work at Turner because there aren't a lot of entertainment companies in Atlanta. So it was Turner. Um, Tyler Perry hadn't even, wasn't even really, you know, hiring at that point in time. So it was like Turner, Weather Channel, um, that was kind of it. Um, so I was really lucky to get in the door there and for it to be a big, you know, international company. Um, so that was fun. That was really fun. And it was really neat to be able to do high class entertainment, like first class entertainment work in Atlanta, right? So you're working with LA agents. And that was always funny because they always look down at you like you're in Atlanta, you know what you're talking about. Um, and then you kind of get them with the, <laughs> oh, but I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, and you make your contacts and make friends. It was, it was a nice experience. Um, the move to the Water Channel was different. It was very different. It was a lot less um, sort of traditionally sexy. You know, it wasn't like Hollywood and entertainment. It was a little more practical. But the mission 
was beautiful. I mean, people were really intent on saving lives. And so when you were working with people who were out in the field, risking their lives to make television, to save other people's lives, in the event of hurricanes or tornadoes or thick snowstorms, I mean, there's something that was really beautiful there. Um, and because it was a smaller company, uh, you really got to have a lot of hands-on um, experience with, with the talent, with the executives, um, with the content creators. I mean, it was, it was thrilling. Mm. Um, and then I just completely switched. And now I'm in the marijuana business. <laughs> right. So yeah, let's, let's, let's talk about this. So <laughs> now you're Deputy General Counsel at Parallel, right? What is Parallel exactly? And why did you transition from the Weather Channel to this company? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the, the honest answer is it was an opportunity I could not pass up. Um, you know, now we're all locked at home. People are watching a lot more television. So things are, are, are going, you know, um, we are engaged in our screens. But generally, television and media, it's shrinking. You know, there's, there's less and less people um, watching um, TV, especially sort of cable TV like that. But cannabis is growing. I mean, pun intended. It is. It is a growth business, um, and it and it's so interesting because it's you know it's it's legalized on different state levels, but it's obviously not nationally, and that really creates just a a really for a lawyer. I mean, it's just it's fascinating. It's yeah. really 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 fun. So, what's your main job there? What are you currently doing at Parallel? Yep. So I actually have a bit of a split. Um, I am mostly um, you know counsel and a generalist counsel. So I'm doing everything from litigation to real estate to regulatory work, marketing, compliance. I mean, I'm, I'm all over the place, right? So, which means I'm, sorry, to, to non-legally <laughs> means I'm negotiating contracts, but also helping with trial strategy and things like that. Um, and I'm also taking on an operational role with respect to, um, to Georgia, where we are um, once the process opens up for licensure there. Um, so wearing lots of different types of hats right now. Cool. Um, I don't know how, how far in the weeds you want me to go. Just, just let me know. I can. I mean, I can this, <laughs> this, this is a very interesting topic and I, and I feel like you, you can talk about it as much as you want to. Um, but I am curious about the impact it, that COVID-19 has had on, on your industry and just on your, your job per se in general. Um, what's been the impact of COVID-19 and, and you working with, with Parallel? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's, it's impacting everybody, obviously. Um, for us, a lot of the states that we work in fortunately appreciate that we are an essential business. Um, so, for example, in Florida, um, we, are, we are open. We are doing business. We are really, we have a lot of people, young people, old people who need uh, medical marijuana to help them with a bunch of different ailments. Um, so, we've modified. You know, there is social distancing within the cultivation, within the stores. Um, you will see there's, we have curbside pickup um, across the country in different places. We are making a delivery an option. Um, so there's lots of precautions being taken, um, as you see with a lot of the essential businesses, to make sure that you can still serve your customers, serve your patients, um, but do so in a way that is safe for everybody, the patients and the company. Yeah. Um, those are kind of the big ones, and, and we are we are fortunate that those states understand the value that we bring, and that people would be in a really bad spot um, if they couldn't get it. You, know, you don't want people going to the black market um, instead of being able to go to these places where you provide them with um, well, care and safety in their products. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, on the corporate side, we're doing a lot of this. I mean, there's just there's a lot of Zoom meetings. We're all from home. 
Um, the good thing is we've been this global company for a while, so we're kind of used to it. You know, there's a certain degree there's people who I worked with for months before I ever met them in person. Um, so there's a degree to which it is seamless and you can kind of keep going. Um, that's how we're, that's how we're managing. That's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it is. I, I had a quick question. Um, you said earlier on, it, you said it took you a while for it, for you to find where you fit, where it fits your personality. Explain a little bit about that. I mean, what, what part of it did you have to shed or stay away from for it to fit your personality? That is such a good question. Um, especially because I, it's something that I speak about, and I love that Sean set up earlier about the you know, sharing and being willing to share things. Because one of the things I used to share with either younger lawyers or law students before is that you always have to be some version of yourself, right? Like you can't come in and be completely different and put on the air of what the company or law firm expects you to be because you'll just you'll just wilt and you'll completely die inside. So I felt like I was always some version of myself, but it was definitely a little bit muted, right? So, um, you know, whether it was like now I wear sneakers, this is dumb, this is a dumb example, but it's a little one, right? Like I wear sneakers at least a couple days of the week to work. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I started to do that at the Weather Channel where I was like, look, this is just me. And you guys know who I am, you know the quality of my legal advice. And so I know that you're not gonna judge me based on whatever, the fact that my head is shaved or I'm wearing sneakers or I talk colloquially, you know what I mean? And so it took a while, I think, for people to appreciate that I had it, you know, that I had the smarts and I had, I was able to advise them and counsel them. Um, And so then I could start showing more and more of myself. Does that make sense? No, you know, it, it does. It does make sense. There, there's always some version of myself. It is a like law firm version of myself. There's a big corporate version of myself, and then they start um, shifting to now where it's just like mostly Lauren, <laughs> full on Lauren. There's not that much um, blue sky between who I am at home and who I am at work. Right, right. No, I think a lot of people struggle with that at some level, especially if they make it to a position where they feel like. I need to impress or I, you know, this, this is, I can't lose this position. This is an opportunity that's so big. Um, what was one of the biggest keys that got you over that hump that made you feel comfortable enough to say, you know what, this is me. Take it, take it, like it or lump it. Yeah. I think, I think it was, and, and this is what I can do to my people too, is um, if you take the risk in one thing and you see that it works, then you start to have the confidence that you can do more and more. So it might be something as silly as, you know, if you think you always have to wear black and white, you know, wearing that red shirt one day and saying, oh, okay, I can wear that red shirt. Or um, I remember I did a presentation on fair use and I, I made it really fun. You know, I, it wasn't a typical PowerPoint thing. I like had, you know, as references to Beyonce and, you know, had music clips and just really interactive. I had like quizzes and games and it just wasn't your typical legal training. And it worked, you know, like not only did people like, get good feedback after it, but people came after me and uh, afterwards and told me that they appreciated it and it was helpful. And so I was like, okay, I can put little aspects of me in this and it works. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think, Karen, I think you're right. I think that's what gave me the confidence to start implementing those types of things more and more and more until lo and behold. <laughs> Full on Lauren. Full on Lauren. <laughs> that's, that's, that's cool. That's, that's real cool. Um, my my next question, or my, I'm curious to to know, in your mind's eye, where do you see yourself going? 
Um, I'm I am so excited about the future of cannabis in this, in this country. I, I really am. I think it's there's so much potential to help people. Um, and so I'd like to have a role in bringing this type of therapy, um, to the extent that it is therapy, and then to the extent that it is recreational, where that's an option, just you know, an alternative to some of the other things that we do to relax, like um, like drinking and alcohol and um, some of the illicit drugs that don't have positive um, implications. I, I would love to be a bigger part of that. So I don't know what it looks like exactly, mm-hmm. but I would see myself having a role, um, you know, and and bring it to more people. Um, okay. I know that's kind of vague, but I'm and and Sean is like Sean's one of the people who's very you know he has a, a sense of his life. I feel I think I think you know and where he's gonna go with it. I kind of just let it all happen, you know. <laughs> like just whatever's gonna happen. I wasn't, we weren't trying to have kids, you know. And now we've got like two kids and a dog and this house and this thing that almost suburbs. And um, <laughs> so I don't really have a great vision for my life. I just feel like something's gonna happen and it's gonna be awesome and I'm just gonna roll with it. No, it, it, it sounds like a good direction to me. I mean, you have a direction. It's not like, hey, you know, I'm just doing if If I go somewhere, I, I go somewhere. It, it sounds like you have some direction. Now, you just said something that puts me right into my next question. You've got two kids, a dog, a house, husband. How do you fit all of that in? Like, what's, what's, the, what's the most enjoyable thing? And what's the, what's the, the biggest obstacle? perfect time for that question because the, the answer the honest answer is my mother my mother is the reason why i can do anything i'm gonna try not to cry because wow just wow um so my mom uh takes care of my kids um while i work while we work <laughs> mm-hmm. and she did that before um the quarantine with a little bit of help and now she and my dad do it together but I mean, she is everything. <laughs> she mm-hmm. is really everything. And I just don't, I don't know that I would be able to enjoy them the way that I can. Um, but for the fact that she comes and loves on them and they come home, you know, bursting with questions and energy and just, and because I've been able to sit and focus on something else for a while, I'm just so happy to see them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I know that Sean could appreciate this because I, I didn't, you know, I wouldn't have thought a couple of years ago that I would be involved. I wouldn't have guessed it. Um, but having my own mom love on me and love on them has really allowed the whole thing to be so beautiful. That's cool. Yeah. And and, and for people who don't have moms, um, <laughs> you can find you one. <laughs> I feel like there's lots of, you know, moms and dads at church, you know, or in the neighborhood or at work who just want to love on you and your family if you just allow them to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely right. Absolutely right. Now, with all of this, because, you know, everybody, life is, life is a whole series of ups and downs. How do you stay motivated? Like, day by day? Day by day. <laughs> <laughs> well, day by day, like, sometimes, sometimes you're just like, well, this is, this is just, this is just crap, you know? Like, <laughs> this a hamster wheel and, and and the thing I think I don't know if anybody else if y'all know it's like little kids especially right now when every day feels like Groundhog Day it's the same thing over and over again and I just realized part of what amplifies it with little kids is that they also want to do the same things over and over again mm-hmm. you know what I mean? yeah, they're like yeah. let's listen to the Moana soundtrack and you're like oh but we've already listened to it four times today and they're like <laughs> I want Moana <laughs> you know and so 
it just further, I don't know, it, it gets difficult, but I feel like you're doing the same thing over and over and over again ad nauseum. Um, but I feel like you just have to, you do have to reset. So sometimes I'll even take a nap. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, I need a five minute cat nap and you restart and you're like, all right, let's, let's start this over. And then just think of it as a new day. You know, I feel like, um, people have their new year's resolutions. I'll have like new day resolutions. Like, all right, <laughs> yesterday wasn't great. Like definitely had too much coffee or I didn't move enough or I didn't, you know, whatever. I, I ate all the cookies. <laughs> uh, right but like new day resolution you know and, and it could be something random like all right it's today is may 15th and that's going to be the beginning of the new thing like today i'm drinking all the water you know and i'm i'm running all the the laps or whatever um so yeah i just i try not to like and i just no regrets just shake off whatever happened and like yesterday sucked oh well today's a new one that's that's the, probably the best way to do it. Every day is a new day, especially today, because it seems like, like you know the news is saying the same stuff over and over and over again. And I think if you get caught up in just watching it, it just feels like it's nothing is going good. But if you take every day for something new, every single day, if you refresh every single day, your own choices, your own life decisions, your own goals, you know, and even like uh, your goals for this week are maybe different than next week. But if everyone just takes every single day for what it is, then yeah we can get through this thing, whether it's work or whatever else. So mm -hmm. that's a great perspective to have, Lauren. It's, it's perfect. Um, one more question before the break, though. I, 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 I got to talk about your your give back because, you know, we talked about your your accolades and your your current position and your job. But you also have this community service background that is extensive. And, you know, I, I remember you doing stuff when we were at school, but just looking at your bio now, you've done so much more for the community than, than I ever knew about. Can you just talk to us about um, your involvement with the community and why you're so invested in giving back? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you spoke to it before, right? Like, I guess it's kind of the best way of studying, but then you gotta, you gotta give back, right? Because what's the point of having anything good if other pe people aren't able to enjoy good things too? Whether that's, you know, the arts or the ability to like really enjoy reading you know that was one of the fun programs we did we went and we read with uh, little kids because reading with little kids early on helps them enjoy reading so that they can later on have that gift and how how wonderful is that right the ability to escape through a book you know like everything around you can be terrible um but to be able to go to this fictional place and so i don't know i guess it's the same reason why you want to go out somewhere with your, your wife or your kids or your friends and you want to do it together is because it's all more beautiful when you can do it with other people. Um, so I guess I just try to be part of that goodness. Um, I do find though, Sean, that it's one of those things when you just do one or two things in the community and then people just keep asking you to do more. <laughs> and so then it becomes really easy, right? It just kind of becomes part of who you are and you don't even have to have a real good reason. It just part of your habit right so part of your habit is um you know you you give back and you share and it's not even a it's not even a thing it's it's like exercising or you know going out um to restaurants or whatever part of what you do is making sure that you're giving back and when you can't give back in terms of your service then you give back in terms of your money um and I'm getting so many calls for so many politicians right now because I, I gave to a couple of local politicians and now they all call me 
which like I kind of don't appreciate, but I also do appreciate because it's just part of your habit, right? It's like you care about the government, you care about voting, you care about supporting people, and so then it, it's just part of who you are. I don't know. Yeah, no, 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 you're right. It's definitely a part of who we are. And, you know, I wish more people had that sentiment, uh, the give back sentiment. I think we see a lot of it now with COVID-19 happening. And a lot of people are giving back in various ways from volunteering to give medical workers food to just giving out their time and, you know, driving people from place to place to get medical care, etc. Everyone's doing their part now. I guess my, my, my thought, which, which always happens with these things, is that, you know, once everything settles, once COVID-19 is done, once you're back to regular life status and everyone back to work, what we still continue to do that. And what we still continue to give back. We still continue to be as involved in the community as we are right now. Because it's easy to give money now for everything. You know, you see a commercial on TV for whatever and you want to give, you want to give because the time is of the essence. But after that, you know, when, when the, when the incidence is gone, you know, when, when the, when the crisis is over, you know, do we go back to our old ways or our status quo? Um, I hope not. I hope not. And I, I think people like you and others are, are the ones who, no matter what's going on, whether it's COVID-19 or a regular Monday, you're giving back. And, and we really appreciate that. It's, it's commendable. It's admirable. And it's, it's what makes you you. And that's why, you know, I, I love you as a sister. And I'm just really just proud of what you've been doing in supporting the community. It's awesome to watch. Thank you. Awesome to watch. Mm-hmm. Both we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be back with Lauren Linder in Episode 9 of the Be More Today show after these messages. Welcome back, folks. Episode 9. This is the Mother's Day edition of the Be More Today show. We're here with Lauren Linder and my VP of Be More Today, Terrence Farrell, and we've talked about a lot of stuff. Uh, mothers, I didn't know that we were talking about cannabis on Mother's Day, but it is what it is. So... <laughs> <laughs> Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. And uh, we're here with Lauren Linder, who is a phenomenal attorney based in Atlanta, Georgia. She does a lot of community work, and she's been giving back her entire life. And she really embodies our theme. But Lauren, I have to ask you now, this is now our Be More Today segment. What does the phrase Be More Today mean to you? Yeah, that's a, I love that you picked that. I mean, that's such a great... It, it, it's so great because the, the name in and of itself just makes you want to go and move. So well-branded. Um, but yeah, for me, it means that every day is an opportunity. Every every day is a chance to, to do a little bit more. And you don't have to be more in everything all at once, right? So um, you could be a little more thoughtful today. You could be a little more mindful today. You could be a little more active today. Be a little more patient today. Um, so yeah, I, I, I like that. I like it a lot. And every time I see you on social, Sean, I got to tell you, I, I do get a little bit of a, what can I do today? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> the name in and of itself is really motivating. Perfect. That's cool. That's cool. That's, that's cool. Um, you've, you, you've done, uh, as we, as we said before, you've done a lot, but I wanted to know out of the things that shaped your life or shaped where you are now. What was one of the biggest obstacles that shaped where you are? Oh, man, that's such a great question. And I feel like we have so many obstacles and so many opportunities at the same time. Um, I honestly think that one of my biggest obstacles is just my myself um, mm. and just the lack of confidence, you know, so having everything that I needed to succeed um, but not realizing it. Um, and so I think somewhere 
and being a, an associate at a big law firm is challenging. Um, you know, the way that it's structured, not everybody's supposed to make it to partner. You're just not, there's, they plan for attrition. Um, and so it's competitive and there's a lot of work from you um, and you don't know anything coming out of law school. And so I do think that a lack of confidence at that stage um, was hard, it was hard to overcome. Um, and that was right during the first recession, um, people were getting you know, laid off left and right. Um, but over time, as I built it up, I feel like life got a lot better. I was able to enjoy the struggle. I was able to enjoy and appreciate the losses even, right? I mean, you mess up and there's something to lose from the mess up, but only when you have the confidence to realize that it's not the end of the world. Right. <laughs> me, me. I was saying I So Lauren, we, we have this question that we ask everybody on this show and it's, it's pretty consistent. Uh, what advice do you wish someone has shared with you when you were 18 years old? Yeah. Um, I think when I was 18, oh, 18 um, I think I had, and I don't know how you get this, right? Because I feel like someone could have told me this and I wouldn't have believed them. Um, just a sense of how big the world is and a sense of how long life can be, right? I mean, obviously you never know when it's in your time, but um, it's, I feel like a lot of young people don't have a sense of perspective. Um, the losses seem so big, <laughs> you know, um, the, the challenges seem insurmountable and it's hard to just take a second to pause and say, okay, this sucks. Um, but you're gonna get through it. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's the advice. And I don't know how you say it convincingly, um, but just to say this sucks, but you're gonna get through it. You know, you didn't get into the school you wanted to get into. That sucks, but you're gonna get through it. Um, and I do feel like there's a lot of beauty in um, in what is otherwise a failure. You know, so in seeing people who are say fired from their jobs or have different losses. Um, you know, did whatever, didn't get the house they wanted to get, all these different things, and you just think it's devastating to the world, but that might send you down a path that just wouldn't have otherwise been open to you. Um, mm -hmm. And it's hard to see that when all you see in the immediate sense is the failure. Um, but I really do think if you can just kind of pause, know that this too shall pass, um, I, I, I just, yeah, I, I wish I believed that a little bit more, and then I could have enjoyed some of the failures, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, name one of the things on your bucket list. Yeah, I wanna. I wanna. Try, it's so funny right now because I'm feeling it so hard. Um, I really want to travel with my family. Uh, <laughs> we've been we've been across the U.S., but we haven't traveled internationally. And um, and my family, I mean the kids too. Um, I just, I would love to do that. And I just, so like, I'd love to go to South Africa and do the safari, um, you know, with my kids, with my parents, with my brother. Um, I just, I feel like that would be a really nice thing to do. And I, I hope that that is something we can do, you know, in the future. This is, you know, we'll end at some point. Yeah, no, hopefully we all can travel at some point, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it's so cheap right now. Now it's time to go, but anybody going nowhere. 
I go nowhere <laughs> soon. But yes, I, I hear the traveling thing. I, I, I want to travel too, Lauren. Maybe we'll all go together. That's on my bucket list, right? Now that, and, and Sean, I used to talk about this. Do you remember this? Talk about having your private jet? Yes. Yeah. Those, those yeah. Things, now, now we probably, well, maybe you can afford it. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to figure out the details. But yes, I'm definitely down for the private jet still. Absolutely. We can make it we're ambitious in college because we we had this dream because we knew we weren't like ever going to live in the same city or likely to live in the same yeah. city. Yeah, I almost convinced your wife for a second, but that. Yeah. No, no, you're right. Absolutely, <laughs> Atlanta was almost on the list, um, but we're we're still in New York, and New York is still home for now. Listen, we got to talk a little more about your kids, Lauren. Um, you have twins. Uh, what's that like? How challenging is that being a mom of twins and a wife and managing all that you do? I would say, if I mean, if we did, and we did not plan it. Um, but if you could, I think having twins first is probably the right call. I, I think people who have one kid and then have two um, are probably a little worse off. So we don't know any better. I don't know. I mean, it's a lot. I imagine all two-year-olds are a lot, though. Um, it's it's it is overwhelming um but at the same time it is overwhelming like <laughs> like do you know what i mean it's overwhelmingly beautiful and and just so fun and they're just now starting to play with each other and talk i mean they talk to a lot but uh it is so lovely to watch and see um that happen especially since we've been in isolation for you know what, what two months now mm-hmm. um it's really cool to see them have their own thing and um make up their own little games and interact together but yeah i mean i, I constantly have two kids on a hip um I, it's uh, they're, they're a literal handful um the dog suddenly is very needy too i don't know <laughs> It's a lot. <laughs> I, I, I have heard another twin mom say that it's more than twice the work, and I believe that. Mm. Uh, just because one, they'll <laughs> they'll react to each other. So when one acts out, and the other one watches, and then if you don't completely clamp down on that, then they do exactly what the other one did. Um, they egg each other on. I mean, my daughter will encourage my son to climb out of his crib. Um, make him do her bidding it's it's quite funny actually <laughs> and how how old are they now two and a half or almost two and a half yeah so yeah they're yeah. bossy yeah they're, yeah that's so, about yeah, right I, I i got it i got a two and a half old right now and um yeah yeah i got the no and no daddy no no daddy and it's like wait, wait i'm daddy <laughs> yeah Times like you are not my supervisor. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, that's not how this works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It only it only gets worse. I'm just letting you guys know. Uh, no, don't don't say that. Don't say that. Don't, don't say that. So now you look at me right now, being like, "Daddy, hurry up! I want to go play. Wrap up your podcast, Dad." So, <laughs> yeah. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Lauren, I don't know if you had a chance to read my book at all. Um, I wrote a book, as some people know, called Be More Today, a four-day guide to a better version of you. And in the book, we talk about these S2Gs or these steps to greatness. Uh, we, we label them that because we want people to start doing something 
uh, stop doing something or to, to do one goal for the year. So if you had to kind of think about for this year, I know we're, we're actually almost to the halfway part of it, which is incredible. The time is flying. Um, but what's one thing that you said that you wanted to start or that you have already started doing this year, 2020? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, you know, I, I, you know, I follow you on, on social and I, I try to participate in some of your challenges. Um, can't say that I'm always super successful, but it, it definitely is motivating. Um, and so movement actually has been one of my um, goals. And interestingly enough, the quarantine has actually given me space for that to, to come to fruition. Um, or come into the quarantine and the nice weather. Yeah. Um, right. So just sort of getting out more. Um, unfortunately, I'm not dancing like I'd like to be. Um, but I do get to get out and I do my run, walk, uh, modified track, mm-hmm. hill workout. Um, and and that has been really lovely. And so I started carving out, and, and Sean, you'll appreciate this, um, three o'clock, which is both nap time and you see when track practice was, oh, yeah. um, to get out the house and do something. Um, and so, you know, I don't have, have the sort of long distance chops. Uh, Terrence, you'll appreciate this quick sidebar. Mm-hmm. We used to joke um, at Brown that because the stadium was far away from the gym, right? So you couldn't just, you weren't just there, you had to get there. So the distance runners would run, <laughs> um, <laughs> jumpers would walk. <laughs> <laughs> and the sprinklers would dry. <laughs> like, get in our car, we're like, oh, it's like a mile away. Like, we're not. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> no, um, so, like, running, you know what I mean? It's like running a mile is a lot for me. I mean, that's not my thing. Uh, but yeah, so, so I've been able to carve out some of it every day. And I've, actually, right before this podcast, I was out with um, the family going on a nice long walk. Awesome. Nice. Awesome. For those who don't know, Laura and I did run track together at Brown University. She was a sprinter at Brown and was incredible. Uh, incredible, incredible, incredible. So yeah, walking uh, wasn't happening. Driving was definitely happening to the stadium. I actually remember that for sure in your car. So uh, <laughs> uh, wow, the things you forget. That's crazy. So what's one thing that you wanted to or have already stopped here? some people call it like being less self-deprecating or what have you um i never really saw you to be someone like that but um that's a good that's a good thing to stop doing if it's if you know if it's in your head at all absolutely mm-hmm. and then one goal uh and it could be your goal for traveling um but one goal that you have for 2020 i feel like that shouldn't be the 2020 goal because <laughs> rona, rona might not let me be great there facts um yeah i think so one goal that i have and it, it's kind of a spillover from 2019 to 2020 but it's really just about learning more about my industry 
Um, and, you know, it's easy as a lawyer to know just what you need to know in order to help your clients. Mm -hmm. um, but I'd like to get to a place where I am like super conversant and say like the agricultural aspect of what we do, you know, and the science behind it and operationally and, you know, and so that's, that's a big goal of me at mine is just to like really, really go deep. You know, it was easy in television because who doesn't love TV? Um, but I feel like there's a lot to learn. That's a big goal for me. Yeah. Um, there's one more thing before Terrence has his final question. And this is our Mother's Day show. So you're, in my mind, an awesome role model for a mom. Um, you know, you said your mom helped you and helps you with, with watching your kids. Anything you want to share to the moms out there for Mother's Day? Um, any any tips of words of advice, how they're dealing with COVID-19, with, you know, the working moms who are out there doing what you're doing? Um, for the moms who feel overwhelmed because they, like you, may have twins or know more than one child and just trying to get through every single day. Any any words of advice that you want to share with the moms on the show? Yeah, and I don't know. I, I don't know that I'm awesome. I've been on it for two and a half years, but um, I do think a couple of things have helped me stay a little more sane. Um, one, I think, is just monitoring uh, or limiting the input. So if something is feeding me and it's making me feel good and it's giving me joy and helping me be a better person, a better mom, let's keep doing it, right? But if it's making me feel bad about myself or, um, you know, self-conscious or less than then stop. So a good example is who you follow on social, you know? Like if you're following somebody, they're giving you good tips and it's helpful and it's uplifting. If you've got this mama, like, good. But if it's someone who makes you feel bad because they've, whatever, organize all of their kids toys and um you know <laughs> doing these 14 different projects and whatever else and like you know and, and that makes you feel some kind of a way then don't just just cut it out just stop all together you know don't feel as though you have to be a certain way and just edit and monitor that and i think the same goes for your friends you know if they're supportive people who are giving you good energy and good life and keep having those conversations they're not then just you can just mute that and you can literally mute it and, and cut it out um I, I do think it's, it's been nice, and I, I realize not everybody has the privilege, but to carve out a little bit of time for myself. Um, that actually, Sean, is, a, and is another goal that I like, and I haven't quite hit on the head, is I'd like to get up a little bit early before the kids get up so I can have that time that's just me while I'm still sharp. I'm not sharp at night. Mm -hmm. And so I'm trying to get that, like, 5, 6 a.m., you know, whether it's meditating, exercising, reading, you know, just doing things on the computer, that's something I would like to do. Um, but I do feel like I've at least carved that out in the afternoon where I have my three o'clock, get out in nature, take care of yourself. So kind of a long answer, um, but I just do feel like there is value to, um, to self-care. And self-care doesn't mean getting your hair done and getting your nails done. Self-care means just taking care of your, your emotions and your mental health and your physical health. And I, I think that's that's very important. It's it's a it's something that a lot of people miss. They they miss out on that on that wisdom nugget and therefore they always they always feel like they're chasing their tail. They never stop to recharge. And you know, I, I think time alone does that. Um it's hard to find, but it's worth it if you can find it. Say say that again? It's hard to find, but I feel like it's worth it if you can find it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know? I think you you said it best. You have to carve it out. You have to make it happen. You know, it can't. You can't just like I'm going to find it somewhere. You have to say from this time, three o'clock. 
nobody but I'm going out, you know, unless it's pouring down rain, you know, and if you want to come with me, that that's fine, or, or whatever it is. Yeah. So, you know, Terrence wrote this song called 24, and it, it's it's a song that I, I, I put on some of my, my videos, but it's true. I mean, we all have 24 hours, you know what I mean? And all of us, have, we're all, no matter what you do, occupation-wise, socially, what have you, we have 24 hours. And, you know, Eric Thomas wakes up at 3 o'clock in the morning. He's been doing that, you know, big-time speaker, actually number one speaker in the world, wakes up at 3 a.m. to do whatever he has to do. That's his personal time. And, you know, I don't do 3 a.m., I do 5 o'clock, but everyone has that time to say, you know what, I'm going to take a little less of this and put more into me. And whether it's 4 a.m., 5 a.m., like you, Lauren, I'm, I'm not a, I'm, everything for me is in the morning. Like after a certain time in the afternoon, I kind of shut down. So when it comes to decisions about work, whatever, I don't make decisions until the morning time. <laughs> and though I'm fresh, I'm fresh in the a.m. I'm, I'm great in the a.m. I can write, I can read, whatever. I do my runs, whatever. But after five, six o'clock, I'm, 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 I'm a mess. <laughs> so I don't make good decisions. I'm not as on point as I want to be. And, you know, it's a good time for me to play with Sonali because, you know, that's mindless. But when it comes to actually making like decisions, like, you know, about your life or about personal stuff, I'm sharp in the morning. And everybody has that. They got to find out whatever that time is for them, whether it's three o'clock, five o'clock, four o'clock in the a.m., seven to nine, whatever it is, carve out that time. You have to make that time. Otherwise, like you said, you will find time to do everything else. Like you said, social media and TV will watch what Netflix and a thousand reruns of the same shows. We've already seen these shows before, but you're never watching it again. So you know, recognizing that, yeah, let's make some new memories. Let's let's carve out some time for new things. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that's that's definitely the way to do it. Car- like you said, carving it out. You got to carve it out and structure it. For habits for a reason. So you have to be aggressive. But now is the perfect time to allow yourself to build the good habits and get rid of the bad ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so so, where can people find you? Oh yes, um, <clears throat> in my house. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> on Instagram, I'm Lauren Lala. Um, let's see. Yep, I don't know. That's it. Facebook, Lauren Linder Groomberg. I, I keep it. You know, I. I didn't take my husband's last name officially, but I put it on some social handles so he could feel some love. <laughs> there you go, Jonathan. You're in there. <laughs> I mean, I follow, look, I follow Be More today, and I'm always liking with stuff, so uh, you can see me there. That's cool. <laughs> we, appreciate, That's cool. we appreciate the love. We appreciate that you're being more in your community, and we appreciate the fact that you came on the show today. Thank you so much for being with us. Uh, yes. Pleasure and honor. Um, and we look forward to seeing more of you. Um, you know, there's, there are so many things happening in your life right now. So I'm sure we're going to bring you back on the show and talk about, you know, where parallel is taking you and, and life after COVID-19. I think everything right now is, is, uh, before COVID and after COVID. So BC and, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's a pleasure to have you on the show, Lauren, and we love you so much. I love you so much. And thank you for being here. I love you, brother. Thank you for being part of it. <laughs> Uh, we're going to end our show with the same quote we talked about in the beginning, folks, and that's from Michael Jordan. Uh, to be successful, you have to be selfish or else you never achieve. And once you get to your highest level, then you have to be unselfish. Stay reachable, stay in touch, don't isolate. And like Lauren Linder has been, she's reachable, in touch, and she does not isolate. She goes back to the community. Let's all continue to give a, lot, a little more, folks, uh, especially during this time where our world needs our help. Uh, you know, we're here in New York, Terrence and I, and, and it's one of the epicenters of the world. But things are getting better, and we just uh, hope and pray that everyone can use this to give back, give back, give back as we rebuild and restructure our lives to get back to where we want to be. 
As always, folks, thank you so much for tuning in to episode nine of our Mother's Day show. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Yes. And, uh, you can like us again also on Facebook and Instagram. We're definitely on there. And our website is bemoretoday.com where you can find information about our music, about the book, about the podcast. Uh, please subscribe to our YouTube page. We have some good workouts that we've been putting up there as of, as of late. We've been doing workouts every week, actually, on uh, social media. So if you have not logged into one of those, they're going to be on YouTube for you guys to go on there and rewatch during the week. So check those out. We also have our Be More Today show on Spotify and, of course, Anchor, our, our broadcaster, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and CastBox. So check us out on all platforms. If you want to send us any ideas or anything that you want to share about the show, guests you think we should have on the show, you can email us at be more the number two day at gmail.com. And as for me and my VP, Terrence Farrell, happy yep. Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Terrence, anything you want to say to your mom? Just want to say thank you for all that you've done and all that you continue to do. Thanks, Ma. Uh, Mom, happy Mother's Day to you, and of course, you know, to our wives as well. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, thanks for holding yeah. us down uh, all the time. We really appreciate <laughs> you and all the moms out there for doing a tremendous job of raising us and keeping us safe and healthy during this time. And until next time, folks, we will see you next week on the Be More Today show. But until then, have a good day. Have a good night. Have a great life. Let's continue to take your steps to greatness to be the best version of you. Peace. Living life with nothing to prove. I'm gonna be a better version of me.